Well, I have bad news. If that was for me, it was way too much. But if it was for my Jesus, that applause was way too little. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Whoa! I See, I know me better than you do. And I've seen me with Jesus and I've seen me without Jesus. And I need Jesus. <laughs> and if you want to pray for me tonight, just pray for more Jesus. Because that's what I want. I don't know what you're here for. Jesus approached some people that were very religious at one point, And John the Baptist was out baptizing people and... Jesus saw all these religious people coming and he was like, what are you doing here? What, what, are you, what did you come out here for? You could be anywhere on the planet tonight. But you're here. Why? It's because if you just came to hear somebody speak, you could be very disappointed. But if you came for an encounter with the Most High God, he does not disappoint. And he said, I will be found of those who seek me. And if you seek me, you will find me. For everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, gets a door open. You men that were up here, I want you to understand that you were you were gatekeepers in the kingdom this morning, this evening, and by your stepping in over a threshold, you are a manifestation of of David's cry that he wrote down: "Swing wide, you heavenly gates; be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Let the King of Glory come in." That's what I came for. That the king of glory would come in. I I don't want him to fill the room. Although I do. But he can fill the room. And I can be far from him. But if you'll let him fill you. And you'll leak. On the person next to you. (laughs) Stuff could happen in this room. I don't believe this is just another series of meetings, Chris. Good news, I don't think you just had a great idea to put on a a conference. I've done conferences. You just parade the work, workers up and you parade the speakers up and you see which worship team's better than the last one. And, you, and I don't have much tolerance for that. But I tell you what, I have a, a lot of hunger for. What this worship team did up here tonight. 
sang into the heavens until the heavens met earth and kissed. And we got caught in the middle of the smack. I want to live there. <laughs> Listen tonight. In, in my thinking, we've compartmentalized things way too much. We have the sermon and then the response and then the... And we have these nice little blocks of things. Can I just tell you tonight, I'm going to set that aside and I hope you will too. Because as I preach tonight, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to be working. Not just on the platform, because if he only works on the platform, it's really empty. I believe he's going to be walking in the pews. He's going to be visiting some people and he's going to whisper in some ears. And if you hear him... I want you to let him know you hear him. I don't need an amen, but, but he likes to know that you're listening. If I'm preaching about something, about something God's going to change or God, something God wants to do, and it's in your heart, don't sit down and listen to it. Stand up and say, right here. I'll take some of that. Don't listen with your hands in your lap. Slap somebody. Say, That's for you. I know that was for you. I just felt the glory hit right over there. That was for you. I believe in impartation. I believe you can do it for others. I, sometimes I just lay hands on myself. Because I like to fall down. <laughs> Sometimes I push real hard. No, I, I, I'm being lighthearted, but I, I, I'm saying what I really want to see this weekend. It's not just a speaker and listeners. But those of us together that hear his voice and respond to his call. And if he whispers, do something. You have my permission to jump up and run to the front. It's not going to distract me at all. Some other people might wonder what in the world you're doing. They might even follow you. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for such a great introduction. I appreciate that so much. I, sometimes they, talk, they introduce us and I'm not sure who in the world they're talking about. God's been very gracious to us and open doors for us in this season of our life. We've been, this past year, on nearly every continent. And uh, God's opened some doors in China to work with the underground church there. It's been amazing. And glorious, I can't share all those stories and open. Maybe tomorrow morning we'll share a little bit of that. We'll shut the tape off for a little bit. And, uh, God is really good. If you have a Bible and you want to open it up with me, uh, I want to start in Genesis. It's always a good place to start. I always try to preach all the way through. Sometimes I get stuck. But we'll start in Genesis. God's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got some good ideas. Amen. Just look at somebody and say, you're, you're a really good idea. 
Go ahead and tell them, you're a really good idea. I think God had a really good day that day. Genesis chapter 128, 1 verse 28. God is creating because that's what God does. And he gets to Genesis 1.28 and says, God bless them. Everybody just put your hands up. God, if you're blessing, now would be a good time. (laughs) God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. Noah comes out of the ark. God says, Noah, I got a great idea. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Can I give you a Hebrew lesson? Because you're going to use this tonight. Before you get out of here, you are going to use this. There are three Hebrew words. Para, Rabba, Mala. Para, Rabba, Mala. Everybody with me? Para, Rabba, Mala. Isn't that a nice little play on sounds? Para. Means be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. It's exactly what it means. When God started and when God restarted in revival. I I don't have time to, to preach this, but Noah had revival. When he came out of the ark, it says that he lived again. When, no, when, when, when uh, Adam had fallen, was cast out of the garden, when it went, came back to his genealogy, it says, and, and Adam lived again. After his sin, after his fall, he lived again. Some of you are going to live again. Some of you have some dreams that need to live again. You have some pieces along the way that got left somewhere. Discouragement overtook you and stole some things. Somebody's curse got in you and on you and it, and it stopped you. And you're going to live again. And I want, to, I want to declare this over you today. Para. Be fruitful. Some of you got angry, frustrated. I don't know, maybe I'm talking to another place, but maybe this is here. You got angry and frustrated. You're you're convinced that your self-control is deficient. You're convinced that you have a short temper and that you'll never change. That God could never use somebody who's angry or frustrated. (laughs) Why do you think it is 
that in the book of Galatians, God says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He's going to do some things. You'll know that the Holy Spirit is... You see, God doesn't have the expectations of you that you have. Because there are people in this room that you're still trying after 20 years to be good enough to be in ministry. Yes, I see that hand. Glory. (laughs) And God says, you know what? I'm not going to leave you with that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you something that will take care of that. I'm not going to expect you to grab a hold of your bootstraps and pull yourself up. What I'm going to do is give you a comforter and a helper that's going to walk beside you and speak into you and tell you who you are and give you an identity. And when he speaks and tells you who you are, he's going to produce something in you and it's going to be fruitful. How many of y'all, the enemy just loves to beat up on you? You see, when the enemy's beating up on you, he's indicating that he sees you as a threat. The very area that he tries to beat up on you is the very area that he's identified your greatest strength and your greatest power and the greatest ability that you have when empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's been around this long enough that he knows when somebody's been wounded and and forgiveness is an issue, if he can bring forgiveness into that event that, that happened way back there and he can bring a testimony into that moment, into that place, that's the place that you are going to be most effective in ministry. Because we don't minister out of our strength. We minister out of His strength. In our weakness, His strength is made perfect. He doesn't have the expectations of you that you have. That's why He gave you a Holy Spirit to walk beside you and make you more loving. Para. Be fruitful. Just reach over and slap somebody and say, Para, be loving. <laughs> slap somebody on the other side. Be joyful. Joy- well, you know, I just have a depressive personality. I went to a counselor and they told me I just got a depressive personality. And so God could never use somebody that has that. Why do you think he gave you a Holy Spirit who's really good at joy? So when the enemy comes to you and says, God could never use you because you got a little depressive in your personality. (laughs) Oh, because joy is fruitful. Joy produces the fruit of joy, which is more joy. (laughs) Some of you just need to laugh at what's been spoken over you. (laughs) Peace. Disciples are in the back of a boat. The, the wind and the waves start. The, the, the turmoil is so incredibly intimidating that the disciples are sure they are dying. They go and they shake this man, Jesus, and they say, You don't even care! 
stands up. And he calls heaven into earth. His natural habitat is to live before the throne in heaven. And there's a sea of glass that is unshakable before the throne. It's the most peaceful place in the creation. Because it's the place that his word has complete effect. And so when Jesus is tossed and torn in a place that doesn't look like heaven, he stands up and declares heaven into the earth and says, peace. And this becomes like that with a declaration, not of God acting like man, but God having become man and declaring as he gave us permission, the things that I do, you do. The person with the most turmoil in their life is probably the best purveyor of of peace. Because you know what it's like to live without it. And you have a love for it like no one else has. But if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to work beside you and give him complete control and become fruitful as he commanded, then you'll live in turmoil. When the storms come, he didn't say we wouldn't have storms. He said, when you go through the rivers, I'll go with you. When you go through the waters, they're not going to overwhelm you. Because you've got peace. It's a person. It's inside of you. It's, it's producing fruit of who he is in you. The hope of glory. So when Jesus, the first time that happens, Jesus takes care of it. The next time it happens, we, we know there were at least two stories. The next time it happens, Jesus turns to his disciples after calming the sea and says to them, where's your faith? You saw what I did. I did that as son of man, not as son of God. Or as God incarnate. I did that as man, showing you what man can, can do when led by the Holy Spirit. Are you all okay? Am I, is, is your theology okay so far? So Holy Spirit, when he comes, is here to para you. To make you fruitful. To fill your mind, fill your heart with love, with joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, meekness, faith, para. Be fruitful. Here's the thing I love. God never commands you to do something you're incapable of. He always commands that which is possible. When he speaks, it's always the possibility spoken from heaven, from from the place where there is no impossibility. When a command comes from that place and that command comes to earth and earth responds with a yes, heaven comes to earth. It comes through fruitful people who are being shaped 
and challenged by a Holy Spirit who walks beside us. Para. Be fruitful. Would you just reach over and touch somebody very lightly? And I want you to, I want you to pray fruit on them. Father, you might want to say, you, you might want to tell them, hey, while you're praying, pray for this one, because I'm really working on that one, okay? God's, God's really, I'm challenged a little bit in that place, okay? Tell them, tell them so they know how to, how to focus their prayers, because focused prayers have, have a result. Declare it, para, be fruitful, para, para, para. Be fruitful. I call out the Spirit of God in them. I call out the Spirit of God to be activating the Spirit of God, the, the, the truth that's being planted in their heart right now. We water it by the Spirit of God. We ask, Father, that You would raise up the Spirit of God inside of every believer to make them fruitful in all their ways, that they would never be lacking of fruit that is abundant and shareable. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that the effect of Your Holy Spirit would be shareable fruit. (laughs) Father, I thank you that it's multiplying even in the room right now. Spring up, O well. Holy Spirit, we invite you to bring fruit into every corner of our life. Every place that we have, we have by some reason or by some experience or by some curse or by some way, we have blocked you out of that place. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would break in and bring fruit into the people's lives. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. <laughs> Call one out. Call one out. Father, I received this right now in Jesus' name. (laughs) Para. Para. Be fruitful. Whisper it to him. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Prophesy over them. You're going to be more fruitful in this next season of your life than you've ever been. You're going to see more fruit falling off your tree. You're going, to, you're going to suddenly realize that whatever happened to your root system, it's suddenly been activated. And there is an upcoming from the depths of your heart. It's in the depths of the Spirit. It's coming up through you and producing fruit that you never worked for. It, you just simply stood there in His presence and the power of His presence increases the anointing that produces fruit in your life. And the Holy Spirit is continuing to increase his influence in every area of that which you have determined is not a fruitful place in your life. And I speak to that place that you have allowed to be unfruitful that is no longer allowed to be unfruitful. I pray now in Jesus' name that the Spirit of God who produces fruit everywhere that he goes, I I speak to the root system. I speak to the waters below. I speak to the well systems. Be rising up in this moment. Spring up, O well. Spring up, O well. I speak to the river inside of every believer that produces life wherever it goes. The river that flows from the throne because He is enthroned on the praises. I, I thank You for the river that flows even from our place of praise this morning and I, this evening. And I thank You that in this place there is a river that brings life. Everywhere it goes is the testimony. Everywhere it goes it produces life. I speak to every dead place that the river of God should come to it now. 
in the name of Jesus. I speak to that place where the fruit of God has not been manifest. And I speak to that which has been in seed form, that it would become fully formed form. And that it would be released in the name of Jesus right now. Para! Para! Be fruitful! Be fruitful! Para! Some of you just need to look down at your belly and go, Para! Hey! Holy Spirit! Para! When you meet that person at work tomorrow that just drives you crazy, just walk in and go, Para! <laughs> when the kids are stomping on your last nerve, Para! speak to that thing the Lord says I want you to sing to the well that's inside of you sing unto it spring up oh well para give it a voice would you para give it a voice and a finger para I saw a wife just now go to her husband. Para! It's not a weapon. We don't use it against each other. Para. Be fruitful. Because this is the beginning place for every work of God. It's the beginning place. Before he made man, he made fruit. So that man would have a place. That when they walked into the garden, it would be pleasing and acceptable. It would be nourishing and a place was prepared. Your life is a preparation for the incubation of the Godhead in someone. I can't say that again. Get, get, the, get the download. The manifestation of heaven in you is the place of incubation for someone else's breakthrough. And the more you manifest who he is, the more you will produce life in those who come to eat of the tree that you have growing in you. The fruit will prepare itself. It does, it does not come because you worked for it. Have you ever seen a tree? That's why he called it fruit. Because you can't do a thing about it. Takes you totally out of the equation. The only thing you can do is seek his face. Invite his presence. And speak to his heart. And make a place of worship. And when you make him welcome and you lose sight of I have to be, I have to do. And you just become a worshiper. You just come and sit at his feet. 
and leave all your Martha stuff in the other room and you just come sit at his feet. From the place of your rooted in his presence will come abundance that produces hunger in the world. And I would conjecture that much of the world is starving because they came and tasted of the fruit of church. And they found it desperately lacking in the sweetness of fruit. That, that's, I, I'm not an accuser of the brethren, understand that. I'm, but I am a realist. And what I'm saying is that if our fruit was the sweetness of heaven, if it had the taste of his presence on it, you couldn't keep people out of the doors. You couldn't drag them away from you. Because of the sweetness of his presence. I have a dear friend in, in Jacksonville, Florida. She, she has two witches that she was assigned on the team of ten people that she leads. Both of the witches came to her and said, We know who you are. And we don't like you. She texted me just a few days ago. She said that the one that was most vehemently opposed to her took her in the other room and sat down at a table and said, you have to tell me what it is that you have. <laughs> because I don't have it. She said, I've been watching you. And I expected you to be religious. And I expected you to spew back what I spewed at you. And you didn't spew it back. You just took it in. Fertilizer. We'll just leave that. <laughs> Be careful what you pray for. <laughs> this witch sat across the table. She said, you've told me just a little of your story and I, I, I know one of the dark moments of your life and what you went through. And I need to know how did you get through that? My friend said, I'm sorry, but you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you about the one who feeds my life, his goodness. She said, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me right now. I just have to know. And for two hours in a conference room in an office with full permission of the whole company that's a Christian company, a prophetic young lady sat across the table from a young lady who had been Rejected by the church because she had black fingernails and black dress and there was no place. And she said, if I'd have met you then, I'd be you now. Wow. God. <laughs> Fruit. God, make me fruitful. See, God is so concerned about you being fruitful that when in the, in the scriptures there's this, there's this story of a, of a tree that wasn't producing fruit and the master of the vineyard came 
the, the keeper of the vineyard came and said, let's cut it down. Let's cut it down. And the one who'd been tending it for all these years and hadn't seen the fruit coming, he said, give me one more chance. Just one more season. And he digged it and, and dunged it. That's a really nice spiritual word. Dunged it. Because the father, the owner of the vineyard, is never willing that you should give up on you or that anybody else should give up on you. It's fruit. It's the fruit of long-suffering. It's, it's the fruit of faith. It's the fruit that won't give up. And some of you right now need, need to embrace some of the assignments that God's given you that you gave up on. sink a little bit para be fruitful in that place because God's giving you influence even if they do nothing more than come and throw apples at you at least they get the taste on their fingers <laughs> I gotta I gotta move on I've got three points and I'm only actually I've got three points and then an application so we'll multiply Rabba. Rabba. You see, you were never meant to walk alone. Not a person on the planet was made to walk alone. Every, every father needs a son and a daughter. Every mother needs a son and a daughter. Every son and daughter needs a mother and a grandma and a grandpa and a dad. I have a picture of a friend of ours as they were in the delivery room in, in uh, Palestine, Texas. And as this baby's coming out, the first thing that comes out is the, is the hand. And they have this picture of this hand looking for a daddy. It's an amazing picture. I wish I'd have put it up tonight. I didn't, I didn't get it up. It's amazing. When a baby does this, he creates very first thing that a baby does when he comes out of the womb is creates a father, creates a mother. I remember that terrifying moment <laughs> when a human, little, little brand new, I'd never seen him before, wrinkly, ugly, looked like Winston Churchill <laughs> that had been soaking in pickle juice for two weeks. Ugly, I mean, just. And I pick that little thing up in my arms. I'm going, Mike, what is God thinking? He, he, he gave me a human. And that little thing grabbed my thumb and changed my life. Because I realized from that moment on, I could never be the same. Because I was no longer able to walk by myself. It didn't just change me for that little one that I was holding in my arms. It changed me for everything. <laughs> can, can I tell you a story? 
Actually, I'm going to have my wife come and help me tell this story. It's an amazing story. We were, we were just in South Africa a couple weeks ago. Come tell this story, baby. Uh, and this is my wife, Melanie. 44 years of friendship and delight in ministry. Amazing. Well, good evening. My husband was going to South Africa, and right before he goes to buy the ticket, the Holy Spirit says, you're going also. And I went, no, 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 no. I have other plans. I'm not going to South Africa. And he goes, yes, you are. And so right before he buys a ticket, I said, honey, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but I'm going to. And he's like, what? I go, yeah, God has an assignment there for me. And so I need to go with you. And so we got the tickets and we went to South Africa. And on Monday, I'm looking for the assignment. Tuesday, I'm looking for the assignment. Wednesday, I'm looking for the assignment. Where's the assignment, God? On Saturday morning, they only had night services. So I was like totally bored sitting in a hotel room all by my little self and my husband. And on Saturday morning, I said, babes, I got to get out of here. Now, we can't walk anywhere because it's South Africa. (laughs) And... Uh, they, it was a gated hotel. Okay. So we're, I don't think we're in the right part of town, but anyway, I said, let's go to the pool. And he goes, I don't go to pools. I go, I know, but you're going to come sit with me. Cause I'm not going to sit by myself. So we're going to the pool and we're going to sit. And that's all we're going to do is just get me out of here and let me have some sunshine. So we get down there, we sit down and we're just relaxing. And this big guy from Australia, I know that because I, he, I heard him talking, comes and jumps into the water and swims as fast as he can. And he gets out and he comes and... Did we mention that he's big? <laughs> he's like big and... Big. Big. And like, like one of them Suno wrestlers, big. you know, with a Speedo on. <laughs> okay, now you got the picture. And he comes and he stands right in front of us. I was like, okay. And he goes, I hope I didn't splash you jumping in the water. I went, no, absolutely not. You're fine. And he goes. He did splash us when he jumped in the water. And he said, my dad is dying. And I can't get to him. And my phone won't work. So I haven't talked to him for 20 years. And I can't say goodbye. And I can't tell him what I need to say to him. And I was like. Say something, do something. And then he starts weeping in front of us. And it's like, Steve. Have have you ever seen a large man sob? Everything sobs. It was was a full body sob. In a Speedo. And he's wet. And so I look at Steve and I go, we need to pray for him. And so Steve goes, do you believe in prayer? And he goes, yes, I do believe in prayer. And I So we got up and we walked over to lay hands on him, to lay hands on him. I didn't want to get wet. And so, but he grabbed us. He grabbed Steve by the neck and he grabbed me by the neck and then he pulled us into himself. So we're kind of like this. And I was like, and he's bouncing. And Steve's praying and I'm praying. And then God says to Steve, I want you to sing over him. It's like, okay. So Steve is in his chest going, it is well with my soul. So we get the song 
And we stand back and I said, your dad is not dead. Go back to your room and try again, and you're going to get through. So the guy goes, okay. So he's back to his room, and we didn't see him till the next morning. And I'm going, wow. What, are we open for business? I was like, that was pretty cool. That was my, I think that was our assignment. But now, understand also that while we're doing this, the pool is in the middle of a glass. Hotel. Like horseshoe. And there's like a high-level restaurant over here. Mm-hmm. And the, the receiving area in this five-star hotel over here. And breakfast going on over here. And it, so everybody, like, is either pressed against the glass or looking the other way. One or the other. Embarrassed for us. <laughs> so we sat back down and I went, wow, that was the assignment. And then another man walks up to us. He works at the hotel, and he just walks up and goes, I saw what you did. That man's been crying in his room all day long. And I went, oh, wow. He was, I don't have a dad. And my mom died when I was seven, so I've been in foster care. And then he just looks at us. I was like. <laughs> I was like, do you need a father's hug and a father's prayer. Goes, yes, I do. And so we got up again. And now we're hugging and prophesying over this young man. And I thought, you know, the extravagant love of God that he would take somebody from Nebraska, fly them over to South Africa and take a man from Australia and bring us to this place for the word. And I would never accept that food. And my husband, no way. He won't even get in the water. Let's sit by the water. He's just not that tight. And that was God. The next morning, first off, they look at us like, there they are. (laughs) (laughs) But the man came back that next morning, and he had such a peace about him. He says, I did what you said. I called, and the phone worked, and I got to talk to my dad, and I got to tell him everything I wanted to say, and he died at 4 o'clock this morning. And it is well with my soul. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're kingdom carriers. Wherever you go, you carry the kingdom of God. You're open for business 24-7. 24-7. You carry him. You carry his love. Amen. <laughs> now, we didn't, we didn't tell that story because we're special. I told that story because I didn't want to hug that man. <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm hugging the second guy, I'm, I'm worried about getting the second guy wet. with the, my, my clothes are wet enough now that it, I, I, I'm preoccupied with what I think wouldn't work or why it shouldn't work or why that's not that important. But you, weren't, you were never meant to walk alone. Every person in this room has somebody that you need to be mentoring and walking together with. Every person in this room needs to have a mom or a, or a dad or, or somebody that you can go and pour your heart out to and pour your life out to. And, and we in the congregation, we in the, in the church, I, I, I will 
I can confess for the church because I've been the church for a long time. But we've not done a really good job of making an open place. This man had to draw me in. I didn't hug him. He hugged me. He assumed connection before I gave him the opportunity. You see, there are people that are waiting for you. I don't know where they are. You don't know where they are. I don't know how to prepare for that other than to simply put your roots down deep. Para. Be fruitful. And para. Multiply. You see, some of the very people that God called you to are the very ones that drive you crazy. That, that was the voice of experience. <laughs> experience is a wonderful teacher. Experience is made by all the times that you could have, but you didn't. And you felt like a failure. It's the, it's the kid in your youth group that you had a chance. But he committed suicide anyway. Now what are you going to do? You can't fix that. What can I do? Be fruitful. And order my life in such a way that no one can ever get close to me and not know they're loved. That's the way I multiply. No no person can come with turmoil in their life and not feel the peace that surrounds the believer. I don't say this because I got it right. I'm telling you this because I'm totally dependent on my good friend, Holy Spirit, who walks beside me. And I know that whatever I'm lacking, he is able. When I don't want my face pressed into the I don't want to sing into his chest. I couldn't help myself. Because my friend, Holy Spirit, was standing right there at that poolside. Sing, sing to him. Don't sing to his ear. Sing to his heart. You need to be pressed right here because that's what you need to sing to. He knows it and he doesn't even know what he's doing. See, we weren't made to live alone. And if you love well and you're fruitful, you'll find connection. If you're the most joyful person in the room, if you're the most hopeful person in the room, you will, you will own the atmosphere. And when you, when you leak Jesus into an environment, the environment becomes a pleasing, soothing place for people to pour out right after they've tested you. And they will test you. Because they've seen people with faces and masks that weren't real on the inside. And so the first thing they do when they come close and taste the fruit is they begin to poke at you to see whether or not they can get a rise out of you that isn't filled with the Holy Spirit. The more you love, the more at peace, and the more self-controlled you are, the more Jesus they see. 
and the more multiplication that happens in and through your life. Para. Raba. Mala. This is the one I like. Let me just talk to you about what I think I came to talk about tonight. Is, is the kingdom coming? And what it looks like in this season that we're in right now. There's a prophetic and apostolic uprising that we'll probably talk about on Saturday morning. I'll talk about some of that. But there's a multiplication that doesn't just affect people in the room, but affects the room. There's a, there, there's a moving of the Holy Spirit in this season where prophetic people aren't just prophesying to people. There's, a, there's an apostolic arising that makes declarations into the heavenly realm and the heavenly realm shifts to produce the atmospheres required for the kingdom of God to flourish. He fills the room. There's a filling that's about ready to happen. When the worship team was up here tonight, the, wor- the atmosphere was one way. I came, I came right as you guys were starting to, to do your sound check tonight. And I love to press my nose on the glass at the back when they're doing sound check. Because you're either going to see the worst or, or you're going you're gonna to sense the drawing of the presence. And as they started tonight, as you guys were, I know you were doing business, you were doing sound check, and you, but there was an anointing that came into the room and it shifted the atmosphere of heaven and it filled the place. And when I stepped in, you know, you, it doesn't matter where you go on the planet, you know that place. You know when there are hearts that are open and hungry. Because his presence fills that room. You know there are places where, where people's lives are being poured out. And, they're, and, and they're, they're just saying, God, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care where you send me. I don't care what you do with me. Here I am. And he takes that and fills the earth. John chapter 12 Jesus is heading to Jerusalem for his very last time and he knows what's about ready to happen to him. And when he's in this moment in his life, he goes to the place where he knows he's loved because he has, he has, he has sons and daughters, disciples in that place. He's, he, that's the place where he's not alone. It's been multiplied. He's produced himself in those people. Their heart is his heart. Their words are his words. Their their passion is his passion. Their heart has been turned to the heart of heaven. While he's in that place, a woman comes in. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, who he'd raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table. 
Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And I love this phrase. And the house was filled. The, the word filled there doesn't just mean you put water in a, in a cup and it's no longer empty. It doesn't mean not empty. The word filled means the glass was made for something. It was shaped, it was fashioned, it was formed for something. And at this moment, the fragrance of the oil fulfilled the house wasn't just not empty. It came into its fullness at the moment worship was released extravagantly at his feet. And it filled, fulfilled the house. You were made for purpose. You were made to carry his presence and to worship him extravagantly wherever you go. Because he made you to fulfill his creation. Adam, be fruitful, multiply, fulfill the earth. Because her Earth was made to be a reflection of heaven. The garden and the intimacy of the garden, the relationship of the garden was a perfect reflection of the will of the Father. It was the place where the Father chose to come in the cool of the day and say, Adam, <laughs> I'm here, let's walk. The scripture says that all that was lost Jesus came to restore. We are fulfilled in the house when we worship. When glory comes to the house. When you sit at your cubicle and, and you, you have your headphones on and nobody else even knows what's pumping into your ears, but what's going in your ears is leaking out every pore of your body. And something happens when people walk by the desk, the workplace. They know something's happening in that place. Why? Because glory is filling the house. And it never stays static. It always leaks. He filled the house. Throw that scripture back up if you would. It filled the house with the fragrance of the oil. The word house there, there's a word, there's a word for the, the, the roof and the walls and the box and the doors and the windows, that, that structure. There's a word for that, but that's not the one here. The, the word here is oikos. It's the family. It's everybody connected. When Mary came and broke 
her costly perfume at the feet of Jesus. And the fragrance filled. It didn't just fill the box that they were meeting in. It filled the oikos, the people, the, the persons in the room, those with influence in the room, those who were being influenced by the worship were becoming the dwelling place of that which filled. God says, I don't dwell in, in temples made with human hands. I'm looking for a place to fill. He loves empty places. When you just pour your heart out and empty yourself out, he loves that empty place because that's where he loves to come. When the woman emptied out the jar and the, and the, the fragrance filled the house, he said, I, I will live not only in the box where she lives, but I will live in her and her sister and all the disciples that are gathered in the house. And in last, I will live wherever this fragrance goes. Don't you just come to church. You don't come to this box to experience something and then walk away from it. He fills the oikos. Why is it important that that person sitting next to you knows that they're part of you? Because when glory is on you, it's on them. If you come in and, and your glory has been reduced and you, you suddenly you, you realize how beat up you've been and, and how, how much the enemy has beat the stuff out of you that week. Almost said words they taught me not to say. And you come in and you realize there's glory sitting on the person next to you because of the extravagant worship that's coming out of their heart. And suddenly as you sit there and listen to them worship, something happens inside of you because they're your oikos, they're your brother, they're your sister. And you cannot be separated from them. When the glory is filling them, it's filling the oikos. It, it will go into all those that you consider part of your family. So that's why you have to adopt every person that drives you crazy at work. Adopt them. Look at him and say, you know what? You may not like it, but you're my family. And what you're really saying is, the glory that's in me is going to fill you. Because I'm going to pour out worship wherever I am. That's who I am. Para Raba Mala. Let me bring this in for a close. There has been a season when the body of Christ has been so caught up with trying to build fruit in our personal lives and gather fruit for us that we've forgotten that there are other steps. Because you see, fruit is not just for our consumption. Fruit is for us to distribute. If you try to keep it all, you'll, it'll, it'll get rotten at your feet and will stink. The more you give away, the fresher it becomes. The more you pick and distribute, the more seed sown. Every fruit has seed in it that reproduces what's in it, what's of it. That this becomes the seed that's in the ground and it becomes... 
the season for us to simply come together and have meetings, God will always have us in a place where people come in just to taste fruit. The, the church should be the most manifest, fruit manifested place on the planet and people should be able to come in and sense the fruit. But that is not the utmost purpose of the believer. That's not your, it's not your job to try to make me fruitful or make you fruitful. Your job is to love the Father extravagantly and fill the earth with his glory. And as you fill the earth with his glory, it becomes an environment and an atmosphere that produces fruit. There has been, a, there has been season in the body of Christ. And I, I, I always, <laughs> I tread softly. I'm going to tiptoe here for just a second. I, I just want to say to the worship team here, you guys do an amazing job of going up to him. I go to places where all we sing about is us and call it worship. All we sing about is how, how happy you make me and how wonderful you are and, and because you love me. And it's all pointed this direction. And God is looking in this season for those that don't just talk about fruit and how the fruit of relationship is manifesting in your life with joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, tenderness. Those, that, that's the fruit that God produces in you, but that's not your purpose. Be fruitful, but that's not your highest purpose. Your highest purpose is to multiply and fill the earth. And the church that is so caught up with me, I, my worship team came in one day and, and I told our worship team, we had a really good relationship up until that point, but <laughs> told my worship team, I said, listen, last Sunday morning, there were a lot of eyes and me's on the screen. I don't want to see any more songs on that screen that have more eyes and me's than you's. Don't you, don't you sing about us and call it worship. I'm, I hope I'm okay. She said, but those are my favorite songs. I said, I don't care. We're not here just for us to like our fruit. We are here to fill the earth with glory and to, be, to, to let the glory of the Lord fill the room to the place that every oikos, every, every individual under the influence of the worship begins to be a carrier of the atmosphere of heaven that is released in the room. And this room is full of that which fills. And when that which fills gets in us and then we go and we release and pour out, that becomes the purpose of the kingdom. That you were called to. Everybody still like me? Really doesn't matter. Because when you get to heaven, Jesus is not going to ask you whether or not you like me. 
But, but here's the deal. I, I want us in the kingdom of God to move to a place. And this is the apostolic prophetic movement that is happening right now. Where we are no longer looking inward at us, but we are beginning to look outward and upward. Outward to see those that God is multiplying. Upward to see those that God is releasing glory to that may or may not ever know what the atmosphere is that they just walked into. I believe that when I drive down the street, there is a wake of the atmosphere of the glory behind me. I should not curse at that guy. Because that's not who I am. And that's not what I carry. I, I have a pretty good relationship with the guy behind me usually. It's the guy in front of me. <laughs> that guy. What would happen if I really believed that I had the power of impartation in my tongue when Jesus says... The centurion says, listen, don't, don't even come to my house. You don't have to come to my house. All you have to do is speak a word and it'll hit me. You speak it here, it'll happen over there. I need fruit on my driving, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. You see, if blessing can be transmitted... Old Testament, under Old Testament, Psalm 107. He sent his word and healed them. That's Old Testament, Old Covenant. That's before the Holy Spirit's ever on us. And the impartation is so powerful that he speaks his word and sends it to another place. And healing happens there because it was declared here. That's under Old Covenant with Holy Spirit standing beside us, watching over his word to perform it and giving us the words to speak that create atmosphere and environment. When, when that happens, it will change the heavenly realms and the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. What happens if every believer becomes so fruit-filled that the words of their mouth are shaped by the, by the fruit of their heart? The fruit of our lips giving praise. The pouring out of our life at the feet of Jesus that produces an atmosphere that's transferable and transmittable just by our presence. This is the season that we're entering into. <sighs> I didn't even get to Isaiah. I was in the, in the day that King Uzziah died, the worst day of his life. He lost all of his influence. He lost his prophetic target. He didn't know who he was going to be after this because everything changed. In the year King Uzziah died, I only had one place to run. I ran to the temple, and when I ran to the temple, the temple was filled with the glory. And when the, when the temple got filled, Chris had no idea tonight what I was going to share. And she got, did you hear the scripture that she talked about when she came up here tonight? About the filling of the house and the priests not able to stand for the, for the glory that was, was being released. Worship team, you guys can come if you, if you can sing about glory, not us. That's good. Isaiah says the house, the, the, uh, he said that the temple was filled. And then later on he says, and the baith. It's the Old Testament word for oikos. The baith was filled. 
Everybody who was under the influence of the atmosphere was filled with the glory. What if, what if the enemy really is a liar and you're really not excluded from ministry? What if you really are a carrier? Fruitful? And multiplying? And releasing glory? What, what if this church wasn't here just to have Sunday services? But to release an atmosphere of worship where people's lives are poured out and and the worship fills the place in such a way that when you walk out of here you have no choice but to leak. You leak not even knowing that you're leaking. I was walking through a grocery store not very long ago and I'm whistling as I walk. I have no idea that I'm, I'm whistling a, a, a worship tune. I... It's totally out, outside of my conscious activity. A woman stops what she's doing. She puts the can of Campbell's soup back. She looks at me. She says, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what? She said, you're whistling in the grocery store. Nobody whistles in the grocery store. I guess I do. What if it became so natural that the glory of the Lord was filling your heart, your mind? That the fruit of God was so natural in your life that you didn't have to think about giving away fruit. It just simply was plucked as you walked by. The smile across the coffee shop just wins somebody's heart where they feel compelled to walk across the, the, the place and stand at the end of your table and open some kind of a conversation where the big guy gets out of the swimming pool and bounces you. It wasn't because he saw a little short guy who hated being beside the pool. would increase the fruit that we are most lacking in. I think you guys believe in, in asking hard questions here, don't you? Holy Spirit, if there's one of those things that you're working on in me, love, 
joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, temperance, meekness, faith. Which one would you like to work on? This is not an, oh, let's, let's have a pity party and be mad at ourselves. Or <laughs> This is, what's the greatest area of potential for the Holy Spirit to make increase in my life this week? And then to simply say, Holy Spirit, I invite you. Uh, produce it in me this week. Have y'all got one? Three hands, good job. Y'all got at least one. Okay, I see a couple more hands. All right. If if that came really easy and, and you got one really really quickly, and you just want to say, you know what, I I don't want to just do a mental activity to this. I I want to say, I stand as a candidate for fruitfulness this week. Holy Spirit, that thing you whispered, I want it. Stand. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Is that everybody? Oh my goodness. Okay. You are all here by the ministry team. Get your hand out. Speak into it. Para. Para. Fill your hand with para. Para, 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 para. Now, you got your hand full? Go dump it on somebody. Just go right now and just go and just lay hand and, and soak them with it right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask for the soaking of the Holy Spirit on this individual right now. Father, with the Holy Spirit that right now release the thing that they have had in their heart, the thing that they have, have asked for, the thing that they have, have increasingly been hungry for tonight in this message. Father, I thank you that right now you are increasing the fruit of people's life. Para! 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 Speak it over him. Para! 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 God's not deaf, but he really likes intensity. Para! Oh, Father, I thank you for angelic activity in the room tonight, for preparation of the incubation of that which you have put in their heart tonight. Father, I thank you that right now you're, you're producing opportunity for them to demonstrate and pass the test of this particular area of fruit. Father, I thank you that you've already got somebody prepared who needs that particular fruit, and you're going to put them in their lives so that they can release and incubate the seed form in that in somebody else's life this week. Father, I thank you for the increase of, of, of the, the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that produces that which we cannot produce for ourselves. Father, I give up trying to produce it. I give up trying to work for it. I give up trying to be it. I'm going to just live under your commandment that I'm supposed to be fruitful. Para! If I'm not para, I will speak to my heart. Para! I will slap myself and say, para, get up! Spears, bring up a well. Water this thing. Para. Bring 
When I find myself lacking, I will not beat myself up. I will simply accept the fact that God has just brought that to my attention so He can increase the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And it's a moment of thanksgiving when there's awareness of lack. Somebody needs to grab onto that right there. It is a, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit when there's a moment of awareness of lack because it is an indicator that God is about ready to increase the ability that you have to walk in what the Holy Spirit provides. If, he, if you are unaware of it, you, you cannot ask for it. If you're aware of it, you know what to ask for. And when you become aware of it, do not let the enemy bring condemnation into that thing. It is a moment for rejoicing. Hallelujah! I know what I need. I'm fruitful. Holy Spirit, you showed me that. You're awesome. Para. Shaba. Ba. Raba. Raba. Multiply. Father, I thank you that in this room tonight, you're increasing the connections in the body of Christ. You're increasing fathers and mothers. You're increasing apostolic and prophetic people that are going to, to mentor and release and raise up a whole nother generation. I thank you, Father, that you have a younger generation that's going to encourage and strengthen the hands of those who should be grandmas and grandpas that laid down the mantle of grandma and grandpa and stopped multiplying. Father, I thank you that in this room tonight, there are some gray-haired folks that are being stirred up, that they're going to start making connection in ways that they have not been doing because they've been they've been convinced of the enemy that it's not their job to multiply. <laughs> Father, I thank you that you're energizing and strengthening. Father, I thank you that there are young people in this room that are going to go to some of the elders in this room and encourage them in the Lord to become what they're supposed to be. <laughs> Father, I thank you for multiplication. I thank you for young men that are, and young women that are become mamas and papas in the kingdom of God at a very early age. They're going to fill a gap. They're going to fill a place that has been left vacant because a generation didn't step into this particular area of multiplication. And Father, I thank you that you're going to raise up young men and young women that are going to multiply quickly. They're going to, they're going to develop quickly. Father, I thank you in this room tonight that there are those that are going to become mamas and papas in the kingdom very, very quickly. I pray for supernatural connections that they will, they will receive in the kingdom that which they, which they have, have longed for and, and lacked. I thank you, Father, for that young man in, in, at that poolside who simply stood in and said, I saw what you did to him. I want you to do that to me. Father, I pray that you would have those kind of encounters with every gray-haired person in this room, with, with every young man and young woman that, that has been discipled, that knows how to disciple. Father, I pray that you would increase the multiplication that's happening in the room. Father. Now, could you just do something with me for this next few minutes? The worship team's up here. We're just going to start worshiping. And I want you to fill the house. Maybe you just need to run down to the front here and say, I, I want to be a house filler.
I want to release to my bath, to my oikos. I want to release wherever I go. I want my life to be such a fragrance of God. I want my life to be such a fragrance of His Holy Spirit that wherever I go, whatever I do, there's a, there's a fragrance that, that, that comes into the room. There's a, there's a sweetness that comes into the room because of the presence of the Father operates out of my life. Father, thank you. Thank you. You guys just worship, would you? (laughs) Come on. Fill the house. Fill the house. Just begin to fill the house. Father, we glorify your name. We worship your name in this house, Father. We thank you for filling good news with the glory of heaven. Every time these doors are open, every time there's a prayer meeting, every time there's a there's an opportunity, Father, I thank you that you don't just fill the, the box, the house, but you fill the house, the oikos, the believer. Lord, I thank you for the carriers of your presence, the carriers of your goodness that walk and live and touch. Through, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for the wake of glory, the wake of glory, the, the glory that fills the house, that it fills the businesses that these people visit in this room. Father, that it, that it fills the households where they go when they leave this house. Father, I thank you that the bayeth, the oikos, is filled with the glory. Father, I thank you that this weekend you're going to release glory in the house, glory in, in, in the kingdom, glory in the city, glory in the region. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Shabbat Just begin to worship and fill the house. Just fill the house.